0: Morning. How are you? Kind of, oh, it is quiet up here. Hey, um, I want to say something real quick about worship. Come on up, Joan, Brittany. Come on up, Frank and Linda. Um, I don't know, have you ever seen anybody get an, um, an IV before? Like they've got an, they, they were really sick and you were with them and they got that, their IV and you saw their color change in front of you. Have you ever seen anybody? It's almost like they came back to life. I'm going to tell you something. That is the power of praise and worship. It really is. There are there are things that seem to be heavy on us. They seem to weigh on us. But I'm just going to tell you something. In the presence of God, and in His um, just in His presence, and um, and just enjoying Him, things will just come right off of you. You won't have to work at it. They'll just come off of you. So I just encourage you, man. You that same presence. Can I tell you something? You can have it in your bathroom, in your car. Um, even if you're not a good singer, just turn your music up louder than your own voice. That's what I do. It's fine. It works. And just enjoy the presence of God. That is a practice. So, Amen. We're excited to be with you. Um, we are continuing our series called Worth It, and um, we have some guests with us this morning. And um, so we're going to open up. Do you want to share the opening scripture? I
1: want to oh. do this first. Absolutely. If it's your first time with us. Thank yeah. Those folks for the great big warm welcome. Woo, 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 Thank, woo, 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 woo. Thank you. <laughs> also out there online, hey, glad glad to have you as well. Hopefully you can hear clearly what's going on in here. And uh, come on, say it with me. Everybody say, it's worth it. It's worth it. Hey, look at somebody next to you and say, you're worth it. You're worth it. Uh, as Pastor Tiffany said, that uh, one of our foundational scriptures has been in Ephesians chapter 1. And we've looked out of a message translation in that verse. And it just simply says that uh, our foundation is Christ.
0: Yes. It's in Christ, in Christ who find we find out who we, we are. We really are.
1: And uh, we just had an amazing um, uh, couple nights with the couples here, married couples, and uh, tightening our knot together. And uh, one of the things that we said during those two nights was that uh, Christ is like the pylon to which you secure your boat to. Uh, That pylon is not going to go anywhere. Christ is not going to go anywhere. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And uh, like she said, we want to just take an opportunity here with these couples, different backgrounds, different lives where they've come from, and let you hear how Christ has been that part of their life. And uh, I've got a series of questions for them. Uh, I will say this. uh, Heath and Beth, true love, I did see Beth. She is here. And uh, uh, they had a family emergency. They were going to be up here with us this morning, but probably about a couple hours ago. Uh, He had to go check on his mom out in Fayetteville. So he's on the road right now driving a four-hour drive. And uh, so would you just bow your heads. Let's pray for him and that family real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, we as a family just love uh, this family, Heath and Beth, true love and their girls. And uh, as he's on his way out to check on his mom and and, uh, some of the unknown, some of the not knowing of what will be there when he gets there, we pray that peace beyond all understanding will just guard his heart, guard his mind, protect him on the travel. And we're grateful to know that, uh, Father, he trusts in you and believes in you, and you're going to do exactly what our song said. You do it again. You show up. It's just who you are. And everybody said amen. amen. amen.
0: So um, we're going to go ahead and just take a moment. Many of you might know our guests, um, or maybe this is the first time you've gotten to know them. So we're going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves, and then we're going to ask a couple questions. You guys want to go first?
2: All right. Good morning. My name is Frank Hester. My beautiful bride, Linda, been married for 41 years. How many? 41. You might have to hold up real close. All right. There you go. Very <laughs> white here, but anyway, for uh, married 41 years, you got three kids, five grandkids, and um, retired from the Coast Guard, worked with the National Park Service, and do a bunch of stuff for the church. And I'll let Linda fill in the other spots.
3: We've actually been married 40 years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you to clarify that. What he does is,
3: because we went out for a whole year, he always adds one year on, so I like him.
1: So next year it'll be 42, huh?
3: Next year it'll be 42. And we we just, Frank already covered the whole thing, but um, we just love being together and we love being at this church we appreciate everything.
1: Awesome.
4: Uh, My name is Brittany. I'm the wife of Joe. We are the parents of Easton Elms. Um, I work at Kara's Coffee. Joe is commercial fisherman, and we've been together 13 years, married for one. I don't know what took him so long, but anyways, so yeah.
1: She she just put you on the ground, brother. I tell you what, how about if I help pick you back
5: yeah, up? Pick me up yeah. Yeah, I'm Joe, and I'm, I'm a commercial fisherman, and this is my beautiful wife, Brittany, and it did take me a long time, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes you're stubborn and want to do it on your time, but this time it was the Lord's time, and, you know, because uh, before, you know, we didn't have our lives straight, and uh, we probably would have done it for the wrong reasons, but, you know, I tried to wait on the Lord's voice and um, just follow that, so, go anyway.
0: It was perfect timing. Yes,
5: perfect timing. I
1: love
0: it. So we're going to go ahead and um, just ask a couple questions. One of the, like Pastor Stephen said, and you've heard Hannah mention, that we've been in a series called Worth It. um, And it's been a relationship series not just about marriages, but really about um, our, our friendships, about our children, and we're going to look around at the people around us, the people in this room, and realize that they were worth it to God, that he paid a price for them, that he died for them, and that because he did that, he saw them worth it. And the body of Christ gets the privilege to see each other worth it. You know, the people that are sitting around you, they're worth um, you just investing in them. Um, This morning in our team huddle, what I realized, and even after our our Tie the Knot marriage conference, is that we need people around us. And so um, we're we're just in the middle of the series. We're going to just talk about what has made a their marriage is worth it, what they have done to secure longevity. And so I wanted to start that off with Frank and Linda um, and ask this question. What do you think are some of the qualities that you guys have had in your marriage that have given you those 40 slash 41 years?
3: I would say what we always tell everyone is having Christ in the center, having Christ in the center. And it sounds kind of cliche, but when I physically think of Christ in the center of our marriage and each other, I filter everything through him, and when I filter everything through him, it comes out a lot better than if I filter it through my own emotions, <laughs> and uh, that's the number one thing. And then number two is that when we got married, it wasn't a contractual marriage. And in, in today's world, everything's contractual, legal. It wasn't um, a quid pro quo and a legal document to us it was a covenant marriage and our covenant marriage is between us and and god and he's always there for us so everything we do is filtered through him and i think that's the number one thing that's kept us for 40 years and we still like each other we still enjoy (laughs) being with each other and i think it's really because of having christ in the center
2: yes and it's like anything else what you did this year isn't going to be good enough to propel you and allow you to excel the next year. So it's always building on stuff and listening and watching. You got to, you got to pay attention to who you're watching and asking questions of. If they're not doing it, that may not be the best person to talk to. Um, but some realization realizing that my spouse is not my enemy. She's my friend. She's my best friend. And also you have to fight for your marriage. It has to be the the center you have to keep that circle small because if you keep that small everything else around you you'll be able to build blocks upon it but if you don't keep it strong and together other things will come in between you and weaken that foundation and it's the other thing that Linda and I really step out on a lot is um, peace we we pray about different things and it's really funny we'll ask them I'll ask her, what do you think about this? And she'll be praying about that. And when we have peace in here, then we move forward. If we don't have peace, we don't move because God's not a God of confusion. And as Hannah was saying earlier today, um, about seeing God do it again and again, that's one great thing about being together for 41 years. We have a lot of mountains and valleys and peaks to look back over and, um, and one quick example is when I moved back here to help take care of my mom. Um, we really didn't know how we were going to do that. We had, three home, we had three houses. I had retired. She retired. Had no additional income. And God saw us too. And when we do the math, it still doesn't work. So when you are obedient and do what you're supposed to do, it'll work out. And it'll, it'll take your eyes, as Josh says, you had to get to the end of yourself. Right? You got to watch what you catch your eyes on. Frank, can I ask
1: you this real quick? You say about following peace, and and now that's a mainstay in in your relationship, in your marriage. Is that from experience when you didn't follow peace got you in pickles? (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) You you have to have something to compare it to, right? (laughs) Because you don't know what you don't know. But um, there's been a lot of um, situations in my life. And, and I think God has done the same thing to Linda and I as to what we did with our girls. We noticed that when our girls were growing up, we do a lot to kind of shelter them, protect them. And they never failed or crashed. They were always there. But any, what I'm trying to say is that God allowed me to do some things that he probably said, eh, I don't think that's a good idea, but I'll be right here when you mess up. I'll pick up the pieces. And that was the same way with our kids. We saw them growing up, and we know that our number one responsibility as a parent is to introduce them to God, to allow them to have a relationship. Because you put that block in, then that's the most critical block. But anyhow, it, it allowed us... To grow and learn and to know when you got that feeling inside and you disobeyed it and then you're like kicking yourself. I knew I should have done that. But he speaks in a small, quiet voice all the time. He's always talking to us, but we're not always listening.
0: Go ahead.
1: So, Joe, guys, uh, we, of course, we know uh, your story. We know the 13 before the, uh, before the one. And, uh, you know, at any point, you can elaborate on that part of your life. But let me ask this question to you. When you guys think about longevity, what are some key ingredients that help people stay the course?
4: So... Um, we've actually had the privilege of being, um, counseled by Linda and Frank. And I think one of like the key things that really stuck out to me when we were doing counseling with them is definitely, you know, having Christ as the center, building our, you know, uh, foundation on Christ in our marriage. And, um, like, uh, pastor Steven said a little bit, I won't go into it, but a little bit of our background, me and Joe got together in, um, our full blown addictions, Um, and like I said, we've been together about 13 years so half of that um, time we were, you know, in addiction together so when me and Joe went off to treatment um, one of the things that I had said to myself when I got there was you know, no matter what if this is meant to be, the Lord will make it be. I'm here to solely fo- focus on my relationship with Christ as, um, so that I can, you know, find my own identity in Christ. Because without that, this would have never worked. Um, so there was a time, uh, it was probably about seven months that me and Joe went without talking at all. There was no uh, communication, no writing letters, no phone calls, nothing. And I'll never forget. It was that one time that I actually did talk to Joe for the first time, and it was like we never skipped a beat, ever. And I just kind of knew that's you know, it was meant to be then. Um, but I feel like the Holy Spirit kind of revealed something to me the other day, as I was getting ready, and the longevity part of the question that you're asking me is, um, I think that, you know, he was talking about changing your spouse. And that's one thing, you know, we, I think, especially me, you know, being in addiction, I w- was pregnant with Ethan, and I would always um, think, gosh, could you just change? I need you to change. I need you to want this, Joe. I need you to be here for me, you know. And it was always me, 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 me. Um where when I finally let go and let God change his heart, I can actually see the fruition come to place between him and Eason and him and I. Um and another couple of things that we had talked about was trust and communication. Absolutely, we need you know, I think we've communicated better than we have ever communicated. Now, I might call Joe, you know, five, 15 times a day, but we communicate. <laughs> and, you know, building that individual relationship with Christ has caused the trust. I think, you know, we have more trust in each other than ever. We we automatically, like, just, you know, we're on the same page. We think the same. We you know, and even if we do have disagreements, because we do, I mean, we had one coming to uh, the marriage conference the other night, you know, just in the parking lot. But um, I think, yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's why we're here. Um, but uh, forgiveness, you know, is another key thing in longevity. I think that, you know, coming from a place that we were, like, we we harbored so much bitterness and um Uh, anger and resentment that, you know, now that we've moved forward in this place and Christ is in the center of our uh, marriage, that we are more quick to forgive and, and, um, move forward. So
5: if there's anything to add, I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like she said,
0: let me ask you this. Um, um, when either of you have been in a difficult place emotionally or spiritually, what has your spouse done that has ministered or helped you? Because, you know, you're, you know, Brittany was leaning into the longevity piece and, and kind of having that, you know, we shared that you have to have a vertical relationship before you can have a horizontal relationship. And so many times, Brittany's so right. I mean, I always say I go to God about Stephen all the time, and he never talks back to me about him. He only talks to me about me. It's so irritating. <laughs> I'm like, God, I, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about him. Don't you want me to do something about him? You know what I mean? He's My like, faith really works. <laughs> um, and, and so, but I, I just think that, um, you know, you guys have been through a lot. Um, and, you know, as Hannah was just even ministering to you, I couldn't help but just stand up there and tear up. Because, because you know, um, it's, it's been numerous things that the enemy could have taken you out. And he hasn't. Um, but but when you go through that many difficult, when you go through something that difficult, there is some emotional things. There is some healing. There is some mind renewal. There is some things about, you know, going vertically instead of horizontally. Can you tell a little bit how your spouse has ministered to you and helped you through maybe some of those difficult seasons?
5: Well, I'd have to say, um, you know, when you've been through pure hell, and I mean, I'm saying that because it's the truth. And, um, you know, when you turn to Christ and start living a renewed life, there's not much that can phase you. I mean, you know, I don't have too many spiritually or emotionally bad days because, man, it was so bad before. I just stay in the place of thankfulness and grateful. When you're grateful, it's hard to be upset and sad, you know. It's hard to, you know, say this is terrible when you're grateful (laughs) for what the Lord's brought you from, you know, and if I do start you know being in a place that like i'm kicking myself or something i just look back where he's brought me from and it's it's like you know there's nothing that can top that to me you know those, those songs i mean so yes. those songs are the truth you know i mean from the I, I just think back and so it'll be six years that in february that since i went to the house of prayer and i went before she did you know and uh She went to a treatment program, Secular, in Florida, and uh, it was a 30-day program. She came back, and we were communicating then, and I knew when she came back, I knew she wasn't doing right, you know, so I just talked to the Lord, and I said, Lord, you know, I said, I'm going to do this, and if nothing else, it's going to be me and my son, you know. I'm going to do this for me and my son. And uh, I just gave it to God, you know, because he's the only one that can really take care of your problems. I mean, we're under our own human strength. We're not going to do anything. But when you give it to God, that's where the change happens. And, um, you know, so by and by, when I got out of house prayer, I had to go do some time in New Jersey, and she actually took me to court. And I could tell that she was strung out, you know. And when I went that day, I said, look, either you're going to get it together or we're not going to be together. And it was like a week or two later, she went to Pierce. And um, when I got out of uh, New Jersey and I went up and seen her, I knew that the Lord had done a mighty work, you know. And um, the longevity thing, I would just say, I mean, everybody's pretty much hit on it, but it's like, you know, if you keep God first in your life, your family second and yourself third you know there's a certain order of things that the way things have to happen to work smooth and and uh to me it's keeping god first your family second and your th- and yourself third you know and i'm um, also listening to that small voice the holy spirit and his leading to you like when you get in an argument like the other day she called me and she's like you know why are you neglecting the family to work on your new boat. (laughs) And I'm like, because I can, you know? (laughs) That is so good. And uh, (laughs) so anyway, about, it weren't long the Holy Spirit started working on me. I'm like cleaning up the tools, throwing the extension cords up. I'm like, (laughs) it. And I go right to her, you know, and I'm like, you know, you were right. I didn't want to hear it, but but you were right you know and i'm sorry and i will try to get in line here
0: <laughs> we we talked about this weekend one of the things one of one of the commitments that we made as couples is the is the principle of of confession and forgiveness and it's such a powerful it's such a powerful principle because when, when you're not threatened by your spouse and when you know that your spouse loves you enough that if they come to you and say, hey, can I talk to you about something? Um, not because I don't love you, but because I do love you and you don't retaliate with anger or defensiveness or being offended and you say, hey, baby, you know what? Sometimes it takes a few minutes, but it takes, might take throwing the tools around for a minute um, and the drive home. But when you can take that time period and just say, hey, how can I serve you? So I love, I love that. That's so fun. Um, Frank and Linda, they um, they mentioned earlier that they have three girls. Um, they retired. I feel like they're going to have like three retirements in their lifetime. Um, and so um, they're both working full time at this point. Um, can you talk about through the years? some of the things that you've done to keep your marriage safe I think the enemies after our marriages um, and sometimes uh, Lynn and I were talking earlier about how sometimes the best marriages can be a tactic of the enemy because we stop doing something because they're good can you share about how you keep your marriage safe and um, and what you do to protect that marriage either one of you
3: I think uh, the number one thing other than what I already said about Christ being in the center is we don't let external forces impact our marriage, or we try not to. <laughs> now, like what Frank said was things have happened in the past where we learned, but we, every time we've ever had any major challenges, it's been because of external forces. And I think it starts, if you have children, I always tell our couples, you know they're born with a sin nature. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> and they, as they grow up, even when they're small, they can come between you. And um, uh, we have to make sure. They do. They do. And as they get older, you know, they we used to call it they play us. And so we come up with some rules about the children. I'd always say never say yes to any of them without saying I'm going to talk to mommy. <laughs> and I I do the same thing because they try to play you and that's an external um, influence and then now we have grandchildren which I kind of let them play me because (laughs) (laughs) they're the greatest ever I mean five grandchildren and so I would like to take those grandchildren any day they want me to but it comes between us and so we have to set up some boundaries to make sure that we don't let that happen and even now we're kind of in the I don't know the squish generation where we have our parents, and um, we're dealing with um, health issues with our parents, and um, then we got the grandchildren and our children, and our our children don't think we really have a life. They're all grown, but they think we're we're there to um, exactly wait for their call, (laughs) so that becomes an external force, and I think you have to keep praying together and listening to the Holy Spirit, like Frank said, and then he has another thing that helps us, I can't always get it right, but the, the thing about, is it kind, is it?
2: Well, I've learned along the ways to, to build in some safety protections for me. And the one thing I want to say before I forget, one thing I wish I would have done earlier in our relationship is realize the importance of the man being the leader, the, the spiritual leader within the house. A lot of times men don't want to upset their wives. Sometimes it's easier to just let them do whatever, but that's bad over a long period of time because it, it gives the impression that you don't want to lead. And it's not, it's not a thing for dictatorship, but it's being the responsible party. Someone has to be the responsible party. And that the sooner you realize how important that is, That brings calmness to a marriage, too. Also, the ability with kids. It says in the Bible, let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. As soon as they get that, that's a lot easier, too. But, um, But like I said before, you guys, in your marriage, you start off with a clean slate. You can paint that picture any way you want to. And even if you've been married for a while, you can add some splashes of color and, you know, kind of change it up a little bit. But um, one thing Linda was alluding, uh, alluding to is that um, I try to do this automatically whenever asked a question, um, especially if I know it's going to have some contention in it. The first filter it has to pass through in my mind is what I'm about to say, is it true? And if it gets past that gate, the next gate it has to get to, is it spoken in kindness? The third one is the one that stops most people or should stop most people. Is it necessary? You don't always have to say anything. And then the fourth one that I've added is that what I'm about to say, is it going to draw somebody closer to the Lord or push them further away? Because life and death is in the power of your tongue. And every time you speak, you're casting seed, good seed or bad seed. And whatever seed gets planted at some point in time, it will grow. The other thing that I think is important for men it's take a more proactive stance in your relationship. The majority of you guys already know where there's difficulty in your marriage. But you're sometimes too timid to say anything because you don't want to upset the apple cart and go through the storm. But like anything else, you have to go through some turbulence sometimes to get to calmness. So I would encourage you to do things like may sound quirky or whatever, but read, okay? Do some reading, you guys can podcast now, and but anyhow, a couple books I always recommend to uh, for guys, or men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Uh, another one is uh, do your five love languages test, because you guys can live in a household loving each other, but you're loving them the way that you want to be loved, not the way your spouse wants to be loved you need to learn what makes your spouse tick and if you are in tune with what God has put in your spouse and you focus on that and not what you see as their default but help them to grow in that life is so much better and, and never forget that God loves you and he's your biggest fan
1: you know let me throw this back at you Joe a little bit at what point, as kind of keying off of what Frank said, being the leader and stepping into that place, and, and what I truly heard in the last thing you said is you came to a place where you did that. You led. You said, look, we're either going to get it straight or we're going to have to end this thing. This phrase that we've used in this series is worth it. Well, what about that moment in these months? What made you really decide that this was worth it?
5: main motivators was uh, probably my son, you know, when we went off. and Because uh, I don't know if anybody else knows this, but uh, I haven't talked to my real dad since I was three. And, um, you know, Ethan was the exact same age when I went to the house of prayer as I was when my dad sent me to live with my grandma right there who prayed me into this whole thing. I said, uh, the Lord really just kept bringing it back to me. Like, are you going to do like your dad did to you? Are you going to get it together and be the man of God you're supposed to be? And, uh, I'd have to say that was like my main motivator, you know, through all this. And then the relationship with Brittany, it just, you know, I knew that's what I wanted, but I would just give it over to God. And I said, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, you know, it'll be okay. But I'd have to say what makes it worth it is she's a rock star. I mean, seriously, I mean, I'm gone at least three to five days out of the week offshore. Not here, not able to, you know, we text, but that's about it. And, um, you know, she takes, she works full time, takes Easton, take cares of Easton takes them to three different sports gets them to church i mean you know she's uh, she's awesome man and uh you know i'm just forever grateful for that and when i'm off offshore fishing she knows she just got this i don't know she's just really good about never telling me anything bad out there it's like she just she's just very supportive you know she she knows i'm off there and there's nothing i can do about it and you know she knows that I have a lot going on and a lot on my plate and she is always just very supportive of that and never I mean once in a while she'd be like can you stay home but it's like you know not very often I mean seriously I mean you know a lot of women of and wives of fishermen are like babe come home come home and she's just not like that you know she just got the power of the Lord and she takes care of the household by herself pretty much most of
0: loved, he shared that with us Friday night when we were leaving um, tie the Knot and uh, he, he said you know that that she didn't you know text him and put all these concerns on him and immediately I thought you know what because at the very beginning when they gave their hearts back to God she did it vertically and then she did it horizontally and so she puts the pressure on God instead of the pressure on Joe that's such a beautiful thing isn't it Let's just stand up as couples. and um, The Holy Spirit said this to me this morning as I was just walking around our house. It was quiet this morning. And I want to encourage you, no matter married relationships, friendships, your kids, your grandparents, your siblings. He said this to me. He said, inaction is an action. Inaction is an action. So I just encourage you. I encourage you. You know, we sometimes we look at some of our relationships and we're just coasting through them. But the reality of it is, is we don't ever just stay the same. We're either moving backwards or forwards. And I, I encourage you grab a hold of some some good reading material. Um, there is so many. Frank made reference to podcasts and books and people and small groups and and get around people to strengthen your relationships. Um, do it this way and then we're blessed to do it this way. Amen. You want to pray? For,
1: actually, yeah, I think the only anything. thing that I would add to... I just ahead.
3: wanted to say one thing about that. One of the greatest things that God allows us to do is counsel you and all the other couples that we've had. That keeps us together
1: and now i know a new word for you rock star (laughs) 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 Uh, i just want to maybe add this piece to the puzzle and that is um, we had a question for each of them how important has your church family been at some of the success that you have Uh, the mainstay the longevity and um you know, Pastor, I believe church is the hope of the world. I really do. But there is something to be said about when you got a family like this and we're doing it all together, believing in each other. You know, um, if you're questioning whether you need a church or have a church, we'd, want to be, we'd love to be your church. There's a hundred other churches here on the Outer Banks to, to fit that spot for you. But don't do life without it. Don't do life without a body of people that will love you. You know, there's... Uh, I think we said this weekend, there's four really major major decisions that you make in life, but life is filled with a lot of little ones every single day. And I don't know about you, it's been great to have people come alongside and help me make all those little decisions. I just invite you, come be a part of our church family. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful, we're so honored to be standing in the presence of these couples here and that we've learned and grown from their experiences just in a little bit that we've said i thank you for these wonderful people that are here and got up this morning and came to church that we've been able to hang out together in your presence and your presence makes a way just navigating life through the anointing the anointing of christ who in christ that's where life is found and i pray that if there's anybody here this morning never made Jesus the Lord of their life. Introduce yourself to them. Let them know how much you love them, how much of a purpose you have for their life, and give them that opportunity to just make you the Lord of their life. Father, as we all get ready to step back out into life, we are going to say today that it is worth it to do life with you as number one, family second, as Joe said, and we choose to put ourselves in line with that in Jesus' name, and everybody said,
0: just want to leave you with a couple we think wonderful announcements and here's what they are um, our small groups went live last week so many of you have already signed up but they are launching this week so if you had not had an opportunity to check those out we invite you we have some wonderful wonderful small groups um, I know one uh, Beth Twine and Sarah Scarborough um, are leading it's at 9am on a Wednesday morning um, we have a marriage one that we're going to be doing a gathering one if you want to bring your kids um, I know we have a, um, a, a Men's leadership one. We just we have some wonderful, wonderful small groups. So please make yourself aware of those. And then one other announcement is today after our second service, uh, we're gonna be doing growth track. Um, and it's kind of like our 101 at Coastal, kind of just lets you know more about who we are, uh uh what where what direction we're going. And um, so we're excited to be doing that. Pastor Stephen and I, some of our team will be in there. We invite you to that. We adore you, we love you, and we'll enjoy your week, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day.